Hey guys, welcome to uh, Biomast episode 18. Uh, we got uh, some good guests here tonight. Uh, a lot of people from last week. We'll be going over uh, some CPM updates. Uh, a lot of the discussion we had from the core skills that we ended with last week, and we'll probably finish up with uh, a lot of talk about the hotfix Delta narrative that uh, Rattati just recently put up. So probably lots of good most stuff. of the most of the discussion. Yeah, yeah, probably most of it. So uh, you know, thanks for tuning in. We're always glad to, to have you listening each week. So I'm uh, Pokey Draven, uh, CEO of OSG Planetary Operations and co-host here on Biomass. So we'll start off with some uh, introductions. I'll start at the top with Ghost. Hey, this is Ghost Kaiser. I was on last week. I'm a director in FA, a PC level scout, and I'm very glad to be here again. Thank you, guys. All right, good. Iron Wolf. I am Iron Wolf. I'm a CPM one member, and I'm here to, here to get shot up at. <laughs> All right, uh, Lether. Hey, guys. I'm Lether. I was previously the Planetary Conquest coordinator for Rise of Legion, and now I'm an officer in Molen Lob. All right, and uh, Zell. Uh, Sarai Zell, CPM1 member, a leader in the Top Men Alliance, and a co-host here on Biomass. All right, sounds good, guys. So uh, I'm actually going to hand this off to Iron Wolf and Zell. They want to talk about what they did this week with the CPM and kind of give us a heads up on what they've been working on recently. Uh, All right. Um, so, you know, obviously we've we've been, uh, you know, working through uh, some of the, the Delta stuff that had been uh, brought on the table and discussed and, and mulling it over and, and countering back and forth points. Um you know, thankfully, a few of us disagree completely on on different topics, so you get a good good uh, good dialogue in the background. Um, but uh, the big thing would be that we actually uh, got to meet with uh, CCP Rouge um, this week, um, which you know was nice because you know you, you were kind of able to ask the big big picture questions and see where things stood. And uh, you know, obviously, the the most I can actually say on that is um, that. Uh, you know, to anybody who says otherwise, Legion is still a work in progress. It is not gone. It is not canceled. It, it is not failed. It, it's just, you know, they're not ready to uh, say more quite yet. I think that's good to hear. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people have a lot of concerns because of the silence that's been going around or the, the, the lack of anything going around, especially in the, the Legion forms, and people are kind of losing faith. So, you know, I, I encourage the CPM to get out there and, and talk about it, you know, as, most, as much as you can to kind of help reassure people that this is still definitely a project, you know, regardless of what state it's in, it's still a, an opportunity. And uh, also looks like we had uh, someone just pop in, uh, Denny Fleetfoot, if you want to do a quick introduction here, if you're on comms. Uh, can you hear me at all? Yep, loud yep. and clear. Excellent. Uh, yep, it's uh, Kevin Longstride, Denny Fleetfoot, CEO of Dust University, and I've actually got up for this ungodly hour for you people. <laughs> you, sound, you sound just as tired as last time you made the show, too. The show too. Uh, this time I've made the... Uh, correct procedure of having a cup of tea and leaving my bed so this should be a bit better that, that, and that should help a fair bit yeah um and uh, the other thing i just wanted to uh mention pokey in response uh, to, to your other comments was that uh we did you know there, there were certainly things both regarding legion and dust that uh the cpm are encouraging ccp to uh, come forward and, and uh be more open with yeah, that's going to go a really long way. So I really hope that you can push that forward as much as you can, because I think people really kind of need it to to quell their minds, so to speak. So uh, yeah, is, is that all you guys have uh, for this week on, on CPM stuff? Unfortunately. 
<laughs> okay. Um, well, last week, uh, towards the end of the show, we, we kind of got cut off, unfortunately, because these guys had to go to a meeting. But we were having a, or starting a discussion about uh, core skills in the game for both Dust and Legion. And uh, the general basis was, are, are core skills a good thing to have because they, uh, they're they kind of necessary skills? They're something that everyone has to train, regardless of what they do. So it's kind of a matter of, is it worth training because you have to do it? And also, does it give too much of an advantage to veteran players? So I kind of want to tee that up for whoever wants to talk about it and, and get their opinion out on, on our core skills, a good thing or a bad thing. What would you change about them? What do you like about them and, and whatnot? So what do you guys got? Well, I, I think uh, I'll, I'll grab this right off. Cause I know there was a lot of, a lot of people who, who don't think that they serve any point except to separate um, new players and veterans. And to some degree in the current way they work, I think that's true. Um, I think the biggest ones are still the core armor and core shield upgrades, each which offer 25% in total, if you have them both maxed, that is a full 25% more HP. And I think that that can be a huge limitation. Um, I, I do, do think that core skills have a place. Um, I, I think in a scale like that, HP being as massively a big deal as it is, um, particularly in the first-person shooter context, I think maybe those core skills should have less effect, maybe closer to um, 2% per level or something like that, rather than the massive 5% per level they have now. Um, I mean, I think, because it, it's not just, you know, that's a core skill everybody needs to focus on. Everybody needs to invest in a, in a skill like that. But there's other skills that you could consider somewhat core, which is some of the, the sensor skills and stuff that affects every suit. But obviously, you may have a specific reason to focus in on your sensor skills or something like that, or to ignore those. I, so, I like, sorry, um, do you want to go first, either? Um, I I might, because I'll, ha- I'll definitely have the... Uh... The opposite viewpoint, right? Which I I kind of said at the end of last show. Uh, I just want to point out or, or put out that my objection to core skills is that they don't yield a, a sense of satisfaction, no matter uh, no matter what level their bonuses are. If they're incredibly large, then that's presenting a problem with differentiation between newer players and and veteran players. But once you start minimizing them. To, to even say two percent, right? It it's not satisfying to put skill points into that, but you have to put skill points into that. It this is the the critical piece that I really don't like about core skills. It, it's very dissatisfying, and it feels like it, it's obligatory. It's like ooh, great, my two percent uh, HP, my five percent HP, however much. That will catch me up to everybody else who plays this game. <laughs> and and when you don't have it, losing battles because you have 10% or 25% less HP feels like crap. That's not a good way to lose a battle. Um, and, and that's why I really don't like the core skills, both in HP and in fitting. I feel like in fitting that it uh, it lends itself to very weird balance problems as well with the power grid and CPU skills because you end up having to balance for 25% bonus and then people who don't have 25% bonus are at a at a market disadvantage. So that that's the counter argument I have to the the benefits of, of core skills. 
I'm kind of on the thin because, uh, for one, I love the idea of core skills. I think it's a really cool idea for this kind of FPS to go and say, hey, you know, you want to be more experienced in this area? You can do that. You can put your skills into, like, let's say if you want to be a shield tanker. Well, you're going to want to get the shield skill. But, I mean, you're not really going to want the armor because you're going to be shield tanking. However, it's not done correctly because there's no cap to the SE. Eventually, it just reaches a point where it's like, well, why wouldn't I want 25% more? You just get to that point where it's just it becomes less of well you need to get these because it benefits you. It gets more of the high end level to just you just need them because you need them. There's there all the benefits are too much. There's some where uh, some skills where that doesn't matter like dampening or where it really is a term of flavor. I know some people who have never gone uh, complex catalyzers all the way to five. They don't have speed mods, but they don't need them. However, for scouts, they're absolutely mandatory. But shields armor cpu pg and hack mods are the the four port four parts that you absolutely have to have have to have them see the and it's such low. a grind to get those i don't feel that the hacking skill is really a core requirement for a lot yes of players. it is it depends does it does you know someone who who never plays the objectives need the core skill that that skill i i mean bear they in mind should. <laughs> I'm a big fan of playing the objective. Of course, of course, you should play the objectives, but that doesn't mean everybody does. Just, just as uh, you know, in theory, everybody should be playing with a squad, but probably a pretty large percentage of players prefer not to. I think this kind of comes down to a, a phenomenon I, I've seen in Eve, where it's like people start playing Eve, and like, okay, cool, I want to do this, and I, I tell them you really are not going to be useful for anything for about three months. Because you have to train the core skills, you have to train all the base skills to get to a point where you can actually do anything useful. And I think you kind of see that bleeding over into dust where people feel like they are just getting ripped apart early on because it, you say, oh, well, you need to have X you know, million of skill points before you can be useful. And while I think it's good that you give people a sense of satisfaction in developing a character early on and putting time into it, you don't want to make that bonus so overwhelming that uh, you feel like you have no chance starting off. Because I think that uh, kills a lot of the new player experience and that you've got people coming in. And I mean, I've told new players, you might want to try running a heavy suit with a light weapon because you need that HP until you train those HP skills because you're, it's such a disadvantage early on that you, you almost have to have you know, that heavy suit with a light weapon just to, to stay alive against some of these other guys. So I think that's, that's not good when that advantage is so insurmountable. Well, not insurmountable, but it's, it's so hard to get over early on. And I think we need to kind of maybe tone it down a bit. I, I'm not a fan of getting rid of core skills, but kind of like Zell was saying, make it more of an optimization rather than a necessary thing that you do. Or, you know, you're getting two or three percent, you know, per, per level right. instead of, you know, five. Like, I like um, a lot of the fitting optimization and um, light weapon operation skills in the weapons tree where you're getting, you're talking about one or two percent. It'll, if you're, if you're really trying to, to maximize what you can do with a suit, you can put a ton of skill points in for just enough of the bonus to get you there. I think one or two percent on the core skills would make more would be a better choice. Basically, the the general concept should be either you want you know either you want to have a a big benefit that is specialized to a purpose, say skilling up a particular weapon, or a smaller um, benefit that affects all your suits. If you could inject a satisfying decision in choosing between core skills and some other more specialized skill 
I might be interested. I still think that it there's a, a meta level of objective that it, I don't want to get off on a tangent, but I, I feel like the kind of 2% splitting hairs skill system that we have has its, its great points in customization. I don't think that should be discarded, but uh, I do think that there's something to be said for it being very dissatisfying uh, to use. Didn't you mention last time um, that you thought it'd be a good idea to have it scale inversely? Like the first few levels would give you like a larger percentage. And as you went up, it would give you less and less, making it easier for the new people to catch up. Well, that's and, effect- uh, that's effectively the point of the increasing cost of each level is that it's the same is that it becomes costlier and costlier to go for the exact same amount of benefit. So, um, you know, f- you can put in just a few points to jump, you know, 5%, but you have to put in a ton of points to get that last 5%. Yeah, that level four and five are, are, are really, really a grind. But I mean, like, as, as we said here, I mean, like, uh, just getting to level three, that still puts you at a 10%. What is it? 10%? Yeah, 15%, 10% diff- 15% at level three. So I'm going to 15%, you're 10% below everyone else still. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm going to mention uh, a swear word around these parts. I'm, I'm going to say that when I played the Destiny beta, not to get off too much on this, <gasps> one of the things that I really liked about their progression system, it was much simplified, right? And it wasn't as customizable. Very so there simple. are a lot of things to be said on that front with how it compares to Dust and potentially Legion. However, what they did astoundingly well was make me want to level up, <laughs> which in Dust, I can't say that I look forward to my skill points and, and have for years. Even when I initially began with zero SP at the very beginning, I don't know that I was really excited to to get that next level of, especially something like weaponry back in the day, which was another core skill with 5% bonus to, to damage, it, or, or the HP skills, because you you slot the those skill points in, the skill points that in some part you've earned actively by the current skill point system, and you're you're drawing even with the competition and especially when it starts getting down to two percent and three percent, is the difference really discernible <laughs> when you put in that that level? And as veterans, I can say yes. Uh, we we all know that optimizations are are great because we've been playing this game way too long. <laughs> We're, yeah. We're married to that concept <laughs> and to the optimization. But what's really satisfying is unlocking a skill like in Destiny and just getting a very discernible change in in your gameplay. That's not something you can achieve to the same level with a customizable system. But I think there's an element of that that you can inject into into a skill system. And I think core skills, to me, don't have a place in that. That that's just my opinion. I think core skills even they they kind of kill part of the optimization and customization thought process at the beginning of the game because they're so necessary. You like you will take HP <laughs> if you if you want to have a, a good skilling plan. That that's not customizable. That's just that's just a decision that's already made for you. I think this, I understand what you... Oh, sorry. Go Adelius. Sorry, you haven't spoken yet. <laughs> this harkens back to a much older argument. Remember when Eve had learning skills? I have heard of it. Oh, I've yes. heard of such. I didn't play back then. 
That well, back was then, such oh, a back... long time ago. <laughs> it's it, it was a long time ago. ago. But basically, learning skills in EVE previously, you have these attributes for your clone, which um, affected how fast you trained a certain category of skills. For example, if you have hardly high perception, that means you're really good for your weapons. If you had eye play, good for science stuff, and so on and so on. These learning skills raised those attributes. And for what usually what happened is that when the first player got joined in the game, the first thing they were told to do, raise your cybernetics, raise these um, skills up. And there were like, it took about six months to grind through all that. Yeah, because you're wasting your time to not have those maxed out because you'd be training skills slower. So you're more beneficial just to get it maxed out early on and not play for half a year, which is not good game design. You want people to be engaged right away, and that was a big pitfall of that, which is why they thankfully got rid of it. I lucked out because I was middle deployment when I first joined Eve. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. It's a good reason. I mean, even now, they they have issues with it, Pokey was pointing out. I feel like that that issue where you end up having someone who... It's it's not a decision. You will train this, and it will take this amount of time. I really think that's that's not something that has a place in fun video games. And well, that's that's a very strong statement. I will say that it took me a long time to get here. So this is like the this is two or two years with dust has gotten me to that conclusion. So I mean, again, what I would say is the the point is in theory it should be a skill that says, do I want to focus in specializing? my skill points into a particular role or weapon or whatever, or work, you know, or enhance the general capabilities of the suit. The problem is, is that core skills are way too powerful. And they're very expensive term wise. Yeah. I mean, with, with them being so powerful, the, the kind of the exponentially decreasing rewards per skill point, become frustrating as well, right? You, you want to talk about veteran advantages. That's definitely something where your level 5, 5% is somewhat discernible as an advantage, especially when you add on both armor and shield level 5s, which are typically... I say level 5s because typically those are the, the ones that I get last, personally, in any skill. So, um. All right. Um, well, I, I think we probably covered that topic pretty well. Yeah, it, it's a tough, I'd it's agree. a tough balancing act. I think between, you know, making your commitment feel valuable by making each skill you train feel like it was actually worth your time, and then also don't make them too strong where you feel like you have to get them no matter what. So I think it's it's a tough balance, and I think that's best handled with how much the bonus actually gives and in perhaps uh, skill training multipliers. But uh, yeah, I think I'd like to kind of move on now. It's Hockey lots of Delta. Yeah, lots of stuff in Delta. Really cool stuff. Tati's got a really awesome thread up on the forums. If you haven't seen it yet, I suggest you go take a look at it. But we'll be working our way down the down the post from the top to the bottom and and hitting each thing for at least a little bit. So uh, one of the first things that he's got listed here is the weapons. And then we talked a bit last week about sidearm rebalance and and, and got into some detail about about what uh, what might or should happen for making the sidearms more uh, effective in battle and, and making the SMG less of the, you know, the, the, the go-to weapon for, for sidearms. So, I mean, one of the things, he hasn't listed too many specifics here, but he, he mentioned uh, reducing the, like, the, the, this is reducing ion seize. I'm guessing he means the seize time on the ion pistol when you charge shot, um, the rate of fire on the scrambler pistol, the flaylock power and blast radius. Uh, that's just to name a few ideas. So, 
Uh, any any thoughts on that? I know we we touched on it quite a bit last week. Very the very short thing. The blast radius worries me <laughs> on the flight lock uh, specifically we because do, we do not need those it, again. <laughs> well, oh. I don't know. I still have level five. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but typically, where AOE weapons are concerned, the usually they get broken, like the flay lock was broken in the past when you increase the radius too much. Usually, if you have a small radius and relatively decent damage, that's not too big of a deal. So I actually I uh, drummed up some ideas for the flay lock after discussing with a few friends. Uh, just to touch, discussing for a while, he came to the conclusion that the best idea for the flay lock to make it viable again is to increase the direct damage to make skill shots more viable, but also to make the splash damage and splash radius homogenized across the tiers so that the lower ends are still easy to use. But as you go up, if you want the full DPS, you're going to have to hit them directly. Like, for example, I believe uh, what we decided on was that all of them would have the same splash damage and radius, which would be 150 splash damage across a uh, 1.5 meter radius. And that's the same for the basic, for the standard, uh, for basic advanced and proto. And then the basic flaylock's direct damage would be like 200. The advanced flaylock's direct damage would be like 250. And then the proto flaylock would be like 300 or somewhere around there. You get what I'm saying. The direct damage will be the way to deal the damage, but you can still have that viability as a splash finisher if you need it. I think that's pretty legit. Um, I, I back in the day when the flaylocks were were going crazy, I actually used one of my alts to spec into it to personally see how ridiculous it was, and it was it was pretty insane. And when they nerfed it, it was I, I felt okay. Well, the the, the core flaylock performs about as well as the advanced, which is usable. It's not overpowered, but it, it's fairly usable. But the issue is, is that only the core flaylock was usable. The the standard and advanced were not. Terrible. Yeah, they, they're they're pointless. You can't use them. I mean, unless you're insanely good at laying direct shots. But even then, it, it really wasn't worth it. So I think that's a pretty solid idea to, to to make the splash and the damage, you know, uniform across all of them, or at least something to that extent, and then and then ramping up the direct damage for for the higher tiers. Also, we need to either give the breach flaylock a point or just remove it. Yes, there's a breach flaylock, if you didn't know. It has a two-round clip. It has half the... Yeah, there's a breach flaylock. It has a two-round clip. It has 54 RPM, and it only deals 200 damage, and it's only available at basic tier. It's terrible. No one uses it. Either give it a point or get rid of it. (laughs) Anti-vehicle. Anti-vehicle, I'm behind it. We, 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 we won't go down that path. I think we spent about 45 minutes last week on, on anti-vehicle weapons. But uh, yeah, I think that's 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 pretty solid. I, I'd also like to see that ion pistol and uh, become a little more viable. And, and hopefully the bolt pistol, because I, I would like to use that weapon. I just Maybe I'm just terrible at it. I'm not sure. But uh, I'd like to see some tweaks on all of those. But uh, yeah, so let's, let's move on. He, another thing he mentioned here is the, uh, adding all militia sidearms and a militia HMG. Uh, not a whole lot to talk about that. Maybe the CPM might know. Can you guys comment on what they're going to make the uh, what attributes they're changing on the HMG to make it militia compared to the uh, the standard? The, the HMG does is is uh, the militia HMG is wimpy, is what it is. Just less damage. It's, no, it's also got a. Um, uh, we're looking at fitting costs as well. Yeah, that, that's pretty typical for militia weapons that they've got the like, the higher fitting cost. Like what I can say is that it should, in theory, be a fairly horrible weapon, and if it if it's too OP, we will make it more horrible later. <laughs> I, I, I do. Th- I'm glad to see that they're adding that, though. I think it's when you have a 
a militia heavy suit and the only militia weapon you have to try out is a forge gun and if people yeah. want to try out the hmg they have to train into it that's that's just not good so that would no, be I'm a thing for me wood. especially yeah. since the uh, hmg if i remember correctly you have to train your weapon skill to five to get it it's yeah. a very large sp grind it's yeah, this is the most disappointing game for uh, for weapons names corresponding to what they actually do sometimes i i can't imagine coming into dust and being like Oh, look, a laser rifle, a forge gun, or a plasma cannon. Those all sound really cool, right? <laughs> the plasma cannon. How many people fell into that trap? Oh, it looks so cool. Oh, look at the damage. It's terrible. Uh, or it I, was. They've, it, it's come a long it, way. It's pretty good. If you get good with the shots and you get the, the reload speed up, particularly on a commando, it actually tears stuff up pretty well. You just got to have a bit of finesse with it. It's kind of like the flaylock. It takes a while to get used to it. Once you do, it's pretty deadly. And there's, an, there's a, another uh, slight plasma cannon buff listed on the narrative, too. So. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get there in a second. Uh, but yeah, well, the next thing he's got here is snipers. Um, basically, what he's saying is that you know, it's it's not good that snipers can hide in the red zone and are really hard to, to counter snipe. I think we can all agree on that. Um, so he wants to you know discourage that by kind of encouraging them to move closer to the red line or rather closer to the actual fight and uh, increase some things like uh, headshot damage, decreasing the range, improving the damage. Um, kind of looking at domination maps as well, making sure that uh, snipers can't uh, push too much of their influence onto the map without actually being part of the map. So I think that's really good. I know there's some spots where the snipers can just terrorize domination maps because of the single see, objective. See, on the other side of things, I actually think that right now snipers need more of a buff than anything else. I think they need a massive buff. They um, do. They 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 were pract they've been practically useless for a long time, and that's that's a big part of the problem with them. Be you know people just switching to snipers and going and sitting in the red line, is because they're actually not even able to do anything effective for the match. People complain about getting sniped, but it's really not that big of a deal as much as it is the fact that snipers aren't able to do anything helpful. Um, they're one of the the notions I think was that there's there's like a wiki article point that somewhere from back in the day that says that uh, unless you're like a a really well armor tanked heavy suit a head a single headshot should kill you with a, will kill you with a sniper rifle and that hasn't been true since chromosome um, they've upped the HP of drop suits over and over and over and over again throughout uprising and snipers have never received a comparable damage buff. So at this point, um, body shotting people is almost pointless, and it takes a lot of times it'll take multiple headshots to take down, you know, even even a good assault suit. Um, and they're really not fearsome weapons because if you get hit by one, you should be ducking around cover most of the time. That's an option for you. And at this point, honestly, where we are, if you're dying to snipers, you're probably doing something wrong. <laughs> it's also sad that, in all honesty. I'm better at sniping with a rail gun or a forge gun than with an actual sniper rifle forge because they'll kill a person is, when they hit. Forge gun sniping is a lovely thing. Um, it's it's horrible. It's fantastic. Actually, I was in a match. I forget who I was against. I actually got a mail because um, there they, they were people with tanks and there was some fantastic AV on our team. And so we, we destroyed all their tanks like three or four times. And then it ended up it's really funny. They were on um, this is the Ashland um, map, the, the one with the big tower in the center. And uh, one of them was on top of the building north of C, was where they were with their uplink, and we were on top of one of the little um, cylindrical platform things. There were like four or five it's on each side with our uplinks, and we just kept spawning and killing at each other. 
And I actually got mail from one of them because he was absolutely amazed at how many times I, I hit him with a forge gun dead on, you know, and it's easier than you think <laughs> it, it's, you know, you got a mouse, you've got a forge, a standard forge gun where you can hold that charge as long as you need it. It is not a problem to hit someone, you know, and th if they keep spawning, I'm going to keep hitting them. And, uh, you know, it's those things, um, forge guns have a fantastic range, um, and it's 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 not quite to the level that snipers are, but in many cases, for in terms of the effective range that you're often engaging at, forge guns are more than good enough to match a sniper. Um, I can aim with one as well as I can aim a sniper, and uh, they also kill vehicles as a sidebar. <laughs> yep. So I'd like to to throw a hat in with this. Sniper rifles have been absolutely awful, probably since Chromazone. I think that sniper rifles before that weren't particularly conducive on the the actual competitive level to to good gameplay. I really don't like the design that CCP chose to do with the sniper rifles. There are usually two different modes that game devs choose for snipers in FPS games. You either have what we have now, which is the campy long distance one two, three shot, high damage sniper rifle. It's meant for you to be ages away in a very weird spot. Battlefield uh, does this as well. You, if you die, you're either going to be hit by another sniper or someone's going to get up behind you and shoot you while you're prone or something. That's the sniper we have right now. If we could go and, prone. Well, yeah, yes, yeah. but I th that's the general idea of that mode of sniper rifle. The other one... Uh, Sans the damage is the type that Counter-Strike tends to use. And I think Halo as well is the very stable mid to long range. And maybe I shouldn't even say long range at the cusp of long range uh, sniper rifle that has a very snippy time for, ah, sorry, uh, has a very low amount of time that it takes to raise the rifle sight to your, to your face and to aim and to shoot as opposed to having a lot of instability which is uh, call of duty also comes to mind and has the the breath hold feature so you so you have a, a much more mid to long range active sniper uh, that style that gets chosen i think that dust has a fundamentally incompatible map and, and game mode design on a competitive level that when you consider that in the context of the camping sniper, for the same reason that it's it's fundamentally incompatible with a lot of the redline sniping with railgun tanks we've had, the objectives that you have to cover in Dust are, are very localized. They're about like a two meter, if that, circle radius uh, in front of a panel. And and so it's very predictable where someone has to be in order to to hack it. And so if you raise sniper damage too much, and they can be too far away, and classically they're in the red line, right? Even with, with railgun tanks, you, you have an almost impenetrable defense for very low resource investment. And, and there were people who pulled this off incredibly well. Uh, Jim Cutter, if you guys remember him, comes to mind. I'm, he was in Hellstorm. Yeah. And eventually, I think, in Ancient Exiles, was uh, an you know, a renowned sniper, and of of course he he's one one amongst a, a cohort of peers. There have been 
quite a few great snipers in Dust. And he was this force multiplier that was uh, amazing for his team in, in PC battles because you could sit him on a letter and if you captured that letter, that letter was never getting turned again. P- people came up with a few different solutions to try to get around that. You'd come out with fast hacking Minmatar Logis. You'd come out with, with bulky heavies with code breakers. Sometimes park LAVs. vehicles in front of it. Uh, right. <laughs> but, but those are all very slow and they require specialized fittings that you, you have set up. A lot of times we would have them. They, they're clunky. And, and that dynamic is kind of fun, but at the same time, it, it's very much skating around the fact that you can't deal with the actual sniper. It, it's very difficult to, in some cases, to even pick someone off from particular positions that have great vantage point on letters. Uh, on that problem consoles. actually still exists in PC today. Um, it's been on more than one occasion. I've been tasked to take their home point, and you will notice a red line rail sitting in the back of their red line, staring at the objective, meaning you can't walk up and take it with a scout suit because the splash will kill you in one or two shots. Um, the red line and just being able to stand so far from objectives and still influence them is uh, is something that really does need to be fixed. It needs to be fixed for the tanks, and it also needs to be put into consideration when we buff snipers. I, I think the biggest thing with snipers is, is I think it's one of those things where they were designed for the game that CCP wanted, not the game CCP got. Um, in, in that... You know, Battlefield as well is a much, much more long-range game. It's a much more large map game um, where, again, you see vehicles and such as we do in Dust. Whereas the the shorter-range snipers that you were talking about um, before are more suited to games like Call of Duty, which is very close-in gameplay. Um, and so I, I think in general, and especially when you talk about what we're supposed to get with Legion, where you have regions of the game that are, are much larger than our current maps, I would hope that snipers are like what they are now, having this just ridiculous range that you actually have to go find these guys, um, you know, and hopefully we'll actually be able to get to where they are as well. Um, but yeah, I, I think that... Uh, where was I going with this? I, I lost it, but... You know, I, I think that they work in, in a certain respect. I think one of the things, by the way, is that they changed a lot of the objectives from when that was a bigger problem. Um, there's one objective I can think of on one map where you can still easily target it with a sniper. Um, and I do it every time I spawn on that map on the right side. But for most cases, they fix that. You might want to talk to, to Ghost or Zat and make sure that they, they grill some people. Because I... I know what you mean, but on the other hand, the people who make a job of this have found uh, very creative locations in the past. And I don't think that's a problem that that necessarily can be resolved in the current in the current client side build that we have of Dust. Not only map design wise, but actually the geometry of certain consoles. It in theory it could be changed to be a little bit more friendly to to having a kind of designated area where you need to be in proximity to this in order to have force projection to the console. But that that's very speculative because we're not getting that. Yeah, Certainly, I, I, it would be nice to have in Legion uh, with, with thoughtful design for that, uh, it, amongst other things. <laughs> amongst other things, it would nice to, 
and have thoughtful design for snipers and and the map design and game mode design. But I get scared with buffing with raw buffs to sniper rifles because uh, I can I can still feel Jim uh, Cutter's sights on me. So <laughs> yeah, I, I think the general purpose of it is just to kind of you know make them move more towards the danger of the battlefield, but actually giving them a, a benefit of doing so by making them, uh, you know, stronger. And there's a lot of ways you can do that. So we'll, uh, I think it'll be good to see how it, how it, it pans out with this, this change and exactly what they end up doing. Um, Cause I mean, obviously this is conceptual. We don't have any numbers or anything. So it's kind of hard to, to draw a hard line on what it's actually going to work out to be. So, but yeah, I'd like to move on. Uh, next thing we've got is plasma cannons. They're increasing the projectile speed. Uh, that's something that's really dear to my heart. I use plasma cannons a lot as a primary weapon on my commando. Um, and while you can hit things with them, it's a real pain in the ass to deal with stuff at long range, particularly uh, dropships. They are very hard to hit with plasma cannons, even if you're good with them. So, and that, that missile that turret is oh, so easy to use. <laughs> yeah. I've recently started flying. Um, I think I've been threatened exactly once by a plasma cannon, and all I did was pull back to about fifty or sixty meters and strafe, and that yeah. was it. Yeah, good, exit, good luck hitting a flying commando. Yeah, good luck hitting a flying object with a weapon that moves slowly and arcs at the same time. You can land a couple <laughs> shots, but it's it's a it's a real pain. Uh, but yeah, actually, on the, the topic of of, of uh, of uh, dropships, the swarms, as he's saying, need to be more effective against uh, assault dropships. Uh, he hasn't really said exactly what they're going to do, possibly increasing the speed of the missiles, nerfing afterburners, increasing lock-on timers, but probably not lock-on range or damage. Um, and then they'll be buffing the normal dropships to make up for the increase to, to swarms in, in whatever fashion that is. So any thoughts on that? I had begun flying at least uh, four days ago at the beginning of this event. Um, I'd like to share what I've come to realization about my short time learning to fly. People say that... You disappeared. Ghost's internets. No! And he's gone. He's an actual <laughs> ghost. Oh, there he is. Ghost, okay, you just bad? got... Yeah, yeah you're back. You okay. got cut off for Where did I get cut off that. You were saying that... Uh, right away. Your, your week of dropshipping... People, people say... Okay. Okay. Just started learning how to fly dropships, starting over again, sorry. Um, people say that swarm launchers don't deal enough damage. They deal enough damage at the moment. They do. The problem with the dropship that I found right now is the afterburner. If I get hit by a swarm, I have to leave. It deals enough damage to my python that I cannot stay in the area. If I stay in the area, I will have to either activate hardeners or I'm dead. Four swarms, that python is gone, I guarantee you. Um, so what you do is you afterburn and you go to the, you go to the flight ceiling. However, this is the problem. It's so easy to escape um, that once you're in the flight ceiling, there's nothing they can do, and it's a 10-second cooldown for the afterburner. So by the time you're back down there, which is like five seconds, your shields are already regened, and your afterburner is almost ready to go. You go down there, you start shooting more, you take two or three swarms, you afterburn and retreat. It is far too easy to repeatedly retreat with a, with a dropship. The damage is fine. I think to really make swarms effective again, um, they need to increase the lock-on so it's quicker to lock on, and they need to nerf the afterburners. They need to make it so that the swarms can quickly target the dropship, put rounds down range, and force that guy to leave. Once he leaves, he's going to have to wait to come back because that afterburner will not um, cool down as fast anymore. Personally, See, that's all I think they need. But it's not just about making them wait to come back. It should actually be possible shocker here to actually kill vehicles 
<laughs> and that's the thing that I have, have such a hard time. It will kill me if I stay there too long. <laughs> but it should not. It should not be. It should be fundamentally impossible to always survive with a dropship. But here's the inverse part of it that I'm starting to realize. If you get to the point where, if think about it this way, if you make it so that they're deadly enough to always kill when they come in range, you will be killed by infantry the moment you mistakenly come within 200 meters of them. You can't tell what they have on the ground. If I enter in and all of a sudden, oh no, that guy has a swarm launcher, I might as well jump out. I'm dead. I can't escape. There's nothing I can do. Then I'm just never going to fly and target infantry. It'll never happen because the risk will be too great. I am, from flying, what I found out is that I like the idea that they force me out. A strong enough AV presence will make me, I will just fly away and say to my infantry, deal with them. I can't get close. I'm not even going to bother. But at the inverse, if you make them so strong that I can't even get close to them, I just won't fly a dropship. There won't be a point. I guess that the counter argument I would make to Zell is that if you make them run and they have to stay out of the fight for an extended period of time because they need to wait for their, their afterburner to come back, that... While it doesn't actually kill them, it removes them from the battle. The threat which is removed. Is, which is, I know you want to blow up ships, you know, Zell, I'm, I'm the same way I love, I love killing dropships, they're a pain in the ass. But by removing them from the fight, you are effectively killing them for a period of time. Which Except for the fact it, that they don't, you know, lose money or, you know... Actually, well, this, dude, those RDVs this, take this, enough of my dropships. This goes back to kind of what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, about AV and, you know, the accessibility of AV. And I, I think that unfortunately... Getting an ideal AV vehicle balance is probably not going to be possible with the current way things are set up. But I think that at the very least, being able to remove a dropship from being effective for a period of time is it brings the balance to the game. You can actually drive them off and but, get rid but of I them. Mean, I, I, when I'm operating a swarm launcher, what happens when a shotgunner shows up? I can't run away from the shotgunner for a while until I decide I want to come back. I die. Because in and in the case of a swarm launcher, there's literally nothing I can do about it, um, given that no sidearm at, at a close range is going to do anything to a shotgunner. Um, for example, the idea that that vehicle users have that get getting to escape a combat situation instead of actually having to duke it out is is crazy. Because that's you know when we're talking about the best case scenario for balancing being so that they're forced to leave. They should actually be at threat of death on a regular basis if they actually are dealing with AV. Well, and the thing I is, have I died that... multiple times trying to run away from swarms. If you get hit by a forge and a swarm at the same time, I normally kiss my dropship goodbye. But that's, Though yeah, I do get that, what you're saying. That's two two people versus one. If I could interject, um, Retardy makes a very good post. Post 233 in that thread, um, and obviously means that I know a little bit more, but... If you go into that, and well, we'll just read out what uh, Ritali says. Uh, an ADS pilot can, with afterburners, literally always avoid death. Okay, that is should give you some idea of what we're looking at. So, um, that is true. Barring prizes, so long as I have afterburner, I am pretty safe. I've been killed more by RDVs and crashing into friendly dropships than I have by AV. And exactly, that, and that's the inherent problem that their exactly their OP is correct. 
I think it kind of comes down to a balance of, of dealing with like a heavy vehicle versus a light vehicle. Like an LAV and a dropship are very susceptible to alpha damage. That they, If a rail hits them or if they get forged, they go down much faster than say like an HAV does. So being able to escape is their primary means of survival. Whereas an HAV, you know, barring some arguments about uh, fuel injectors, uh, tend to have to stay and, and actually tank the damage opposed to running away. So it's, it's kind of a matter of a pseudo speed tanking versus like an actual tanking. So I think that, you know, while it's frustrating to try to kill uh, a dropship with light AV because they can just run away, that's also, you're, you're almost using the wrong kind of weapon to fight them, where a forge or a rail is, is far more effective. Forges are very effective. Uh, one forge hit and I'm gone because the next forge hit will take off all of my shields and leave me in armor. I do think that uh, I, w- I would agree that assault dropships probably need a little bit less health or for AV to be buffed enough to make forges a definite two-shot kill if you're going to leave afterburners the way they are. I feel like if you nerf afterburners, though, less people will use them and they'll go back to shield hardening, which means instead of running, they're going to try and tank the damage and try and kill you first. Which it then becomes a duel between AV and the dropship, and I Which don't know how be, that balance that, is going to be. That would be a better thing, but the question is making sure that AV is potent enough that there's actually a fight there that could go either way. The pro- As I said, the problem is is that dropships can currently just run away and be, a, be perfectly fine and come back at a time of their choosing. I don't have, on the ground, no infantry has a, I'm just going to run away from this fight and come back to it later situation. Scouts. Well, okay. <laughs> The but, cloak. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but even if, then, if isn't, look... isn't on the scope that a dropship can literally be on the other side of the map in a few seconds later and decide to come back later? And if they had, if their choice was that they had to sit there and actually fight the AV or die to the AV, that would be good. And then we could balance around that, making sure that AV does enough damage to be an equal threat to the amount of damage that that ADS's turret could can be. And obviously, they get. A bit more superiority if they actually are stocking additional gunners they have more firepower at their disposal um yeah i mean i would also say in that same post that retardi put said the good pilots that all know and admit this and are running crazy kdrs um he isn't kidding yeah i've seen some ads do some crazy work with the right pilot uh, but I don't want to. I don't want to pound this into the ground too much. We got a lot of stuff to cover here, yeah. so I think I'm going to move yeah, on. Yeah. Um, rifles. There's a tweak to scrambler rifles, assault scrambler rifles, and assault rifles. Um, I'm assuming it's probably some sort of a buff to the assault, the plasma rifle, um, since it is underperforming from from what I've seen personally, and, and from what some of the information they've been posting up. Uh, scrambler rifles and assault scrambler rifles are uh, obviously a, a point of debate in terms of, of their power, but I think. You know, most people can agree that they do need some adjustment in how they actually perform. Uh, any quick comments on that? Uh, I like the idea of scrambler rifle getting nerfed. I really don't think it needs a damage nerf. I've always felt that the problem with it has been the ability to be abused by rate of fire, and it's hip fire. Um, I believe if you remove the accurate hip fire and make it more of a mid-long range weapon with a, a toned down rate of fire that won't get abused, it'll be in a great place. That's yeah, I mean- all of my thoughts on it. Have have you seen the uh, the there's a video in question of someone showing off what a scrambler rifle could do with uh, a turbo a turbo mod controller? I have seen that video. Um, I I believe Shays was the one who put up the one that has the actual turbo controller. There's another one going on the threads that I've said that's not a turbo. That's just a guy clicking really fast because I can. I mean, you can hear it. A fully auto scrambler rifle, you'll hear it. It sounds like a monster. 
Um, uh-huh. The one in the video, the the Japanese video I saw. Um, no, I want to believe that he's just either pressing really fast or he got gypped when he bought the controller. <laughs> Did they fix the the heat issue with it? They did ages ago, right? Am I incorrect on that? What heat issue? Uh, there used to be okay, so so probably got fixed with turbo controllers. It used to be that regular scramblers, the way that they calculated heat was based on like time firing as oh, opposed no, to actual exists. number of shots. Oh, okay. Well, never mind. It's then. been it's been brought it, up several times saying that it still goes off per second, and that with the turbo controller you can hit. I want to say twenty three, twenty four, somewhere around there. I think someone said if you go really fast, you can hit like twenty seven shots for overheating or something. Yeah. I want to say, I, I, don't quote me on this. Please don't. So I think the DPS of the Scrambler Rifle is like upwards of like 900 or something crazy like that for Proto. It it drops people so fast. When most of the other rifles it's, are like it's four ugly. to five, it's kind of like Jesus. So yeah, I mean, that's that, that stuff is going to be worth, worth looking at. Um, another thing they're looking at is uh, buffing the Assault HMG, um, which is the, the longer range HMG. That'll be interesting. I don't see those very often, so... Hopefully we'll be seeing some more of those in the future. And uh, turning down the uh, the burst HMG just a little bit. It's just a slight tune down, which I, I think is probably uh, is a little reasonable. It's it's an awesome pseudo-heavy shotgun, but those things do work. They are. They are. It is the only thing you see in PC. I have not seen a single boundless HMG in PC since that dropped. They are so effective at killing things quickly, it's not even funny. Yeah, I mean, I run Commando a lot, and I don't tend to stack on much HP. I like more of a rep build, but I still have a, a decent amount of base HP, and I can still take, you know, a shotgun blast or two, but those things, just, I'm just gone. I mean, the, the DPS is insane on those, so I, I haven't used them personally, so I can't comment on how easy they are to use, but uh, they, I they have, kick my ass. I have, they're easy. Okay. Um, so <laughs> we, we got through one section, so let's just kind of power through the rest of these. We're, we're reaching time here. So uh, drop suits, it looks like the Mimitar drop suits are getting a small EHP buff across the board. I think that's probably pretty reasonable. I feel that the MR suits are always a little too squishy because their speed isn't that much of an advantage over the other suits. Any comments on that? I, yes, I please. Yeah, I, I think it makes sense. The thing is, if you actually want tank, you end up giving up the utility pretty yep. fast. So which is kind of one of the perks that you kind of wanted with Minotaur is that you had the options for, for a bunch of highs and lows at the same time. So I, I think that'll be a welcome change because you see a lot of these brick tank suits, and I think the poor Minotaur guys aren't, aren't quite getting as much tension as they need in terms of survivability and whatnot. So I'm, I'm looking forward to see what the numbers are on that. Uh, standard and breach forge guns and railgun turrets are having their splash damage either reduced or removed. Uh, the blast is staying on the assault forge. Um, you're basically saying that the being able to hold the charge with a splash makes sniping, sniping a little too easy. I mentioned and, how OP that was earlier. Yeah, I mean, yeah. To be honest, I don't. I, I mean, to be honest, I don't think the splash is that big a deal. Um, I can't count the number of times I actually kill people from long range with forges based on splash damage. I'm darn accurate. If I want to hit you, I'm going to hit you in the head. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, and, I think that's a fallacy that people have. But it should. Uh, I would say that it should should definitely help um, counter long-range forgers um, if you're moving. Um, it's really hard to forge gun snipe a moving target. Um, but if you're standing still, you're still going to die. Yeah. <laughs> I wish they'd made this like a year and a half ago. <laughs> that, 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 yeah. 
That's what and I that, went for most of the but, most of the hot fixes. So right, and I mean that, that's kind of a it, it's just sort of an interesting aside that splash radius and damage was an incredible problem in PC for a very long time. Um, yeah, that that sounds reasonable. I, I'd be interested to hear what your uh, experiences are trying to forge snipe after they they make this change, Saray, and I doubt I, it's yeah. going to affect me all that much, because I, I, I know that the splash makes it a pain. It isn't that much fun to kill people with, so I usually don't even bother. If I can't get a dead shot hit, I don't fire. Railgun turret, so is that explicitly referring to the installations, or is it referring to the actual large turret that's installed in tanks? My Supposedly guess is, both. Yeah, I, I mean, I think there's a goal of trying to get the turrets and the tanks to actually using the same stats more or less for for the guns if, if am i am i off complete nonsense on that or nope okay yeah so there there's there's a goal that those be the same thing well then i'll say that's excellent news just to kind of anything that that picks away at that point that ghost and i mentioned earlier uh, there, there's always especially on spine crescent in pc matches you oh, if a team can get tank control they will have a tank, and it will be parked on one of those hills, and it will be looking at their home console. And it, especially on the... Oh, I cannot remember if it's the attacker's or defender's side. Three-point bridge. One, well, no, I, I'm, I'm just saying, like, on one side of the map in particular, it, it's very um, I easy. I want to say it's the northeastern side on bridge map. Um, yes. That objective with the pyramid, that uh, null cannon actually faces out toward that side's red line, and you can park a tank right on that hill and just stare at it. And then yeah, all you need is a scout with remote explosives uh, watching the point if he misses, and that's it. You can lock the entire objective out. You have to remove the tank with an orbital or very strong forge presence and still remove the scout to take the objective. It's completely hard to remove if they do it right, which is why vehicle superiority is so important to PC. Right, and so seeing the the splash damage, railgun turret splash is what makes that particular type of camping as effective as it is. For the same reason that uh, that forge gun <laughs> splash made camping on top of towers so effective, it's the exact same thing. It's you you don't have to be on the guy's head to kill him. You just have to be in the approximate range of of him, and typically you'll end up killing him. So. So good news. Great news. Okay, uh, okay guess we'll move on. Um, on the turrets, looks like the small rails are getting a rate of fire reduction. Um, I think that's probably for the best. I, I hated seeing the small rails basically being better anti-infantry turrets than the small blasters. Uh, I, I really hated seeing that, but they really were. They, they The fire rate is so high that you can pretty much just coat an area with fire and, and, and tear infantry apart. Um, looks like uh, large blasters are getting splash reduced. I didn't realize blasters had splash. They um, have splash. Interesting. Not very okay. much, but they do. Okay. Well, I didn't know that. <laughs> Doing it for a long time, I never realized that splash, but that's that's interesting. And the small blaster splash has increased, and maybe a, a small range increase. So that'll be interesting. I, I'd like to see more small blasters be used to to kind of help defend tanks and, and encourage that multiplayer tank platform rather than a single player. I know Zell's always hi uh, harping about that. This is actually the buff for the turrets that I think is the biggest, actually. Do you remember the old days where we had the uh, small blaster smack, uh, small blasters damage on uh, dropships? Do you remember that? No, it was a long yeah, time ago. Yeah, that was a long time ago. But yeah, we used to have them, and they just peppered the place and killed people. 
it was great for this reason. Um, I think with the changes that you'll see later that we will see a return of the actual um, transport dropships, which isn't the assault. It's taking like a Myron. You give it two small blasters, you give it a hardener, you give it a, a shield booster, and you give it a scanner. And if I would really love if I could a, a, a CRU on there. And you just fly it around, you have people spawn in, you open your gunner seats, you harden over an objective, you use the blasters to clear the area, and drop the guys and leave. I think if you uh, if you give war points for CRU spawns, and you bring back the small blasters the way they should, I think we could see a return of the transport dropship. I actually ran one a few, uh, uh, just a, a day or two ago, and I enjoyed it. I just thought it was very warpoint deprived, which made it not fun. Is that an option for you guys to do, to, to add uh, warpoint rewards for mobile CRU usage? It's not as easy as we thought it would yeah, be. It's, it's challenging. There's, there's a good reason it hasn't been done, despite the fact that everybody wants it to happen. It's a little silly that it doesn't, considering, but I understand. But you're aware of it. Yeah. Okay. As, l- as long as you know. <laughs> I mean, everyone's been, been <laughs> there's, griping there's about plenty it. Of things, so. There's plenty of things we know that the system can't do yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's definitely, uh, that'd be a big buff, like you said. And I, I think like you're, you're saying that the transport dropship, if they are indeed buffing the standard dropship, uh, along with the changes to the assault dropship, that would that would definitely go a long way in, in, in making that assault dropship, or sorry, the uh, transport dropship uh concept work so that that'll be pretty cool i i remember those days of of doing hot drops onto objectives hacking and then all piling back they were fantastic off. oh yeah it was awesome it actually kind of felt like that uh that old 2009 dust trailer that we we all remember <laughs> yeah <laughs> so uh, that, oh, that'll be the pretty cool. promises um all right as for vehicles uh hav inertia increase so switching from forward to backward movement is more realistic and reduce the fuel injector boost to speed. I think this kind of goes along with what I was saying before about the concept of a heavy vehicle um, relying more on tanking and less on running away opposed to a light vehicle, which would be the inverse. So kind of like the the afterburners, the fuel injectors, though not to the same degree, can be used very frequently. Like I think it's like 20 seconds on, 20 seconds off. I mean, it's you can pretty much have it going half the time. Afterburners, 10-10. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's, it's insane. So I think that's kind of good. It kind of forces the HAV to be more tanky and less just bug the hell out, which I think will discourage some of the uh, the glass cannon tanking, which I, I personally hate because I, I feel it it's, it's an annoying abuse of, of certain mechanics. So I'm, I'm welcoming that change and, and making the HAV's movement a little more realistic. Um, any comments on that? Nah. I don't, you know, I don't think it's going to be... They, these things are main battle tanks. They should move like main battle tanks, and they're way too fast for... Our current um, gameplay field. Nerf them. Lots more nerfs. Can lots you imagine how many Gs the pilot will be pulling? Nerf the tanks. Keep I'm nerfing. just, yeah. just, I'm that's, just imagining that's the these point. conversations. That's like the with Serena. With Serena. That's the All point I made. All our pilots are dead whiplash. Exactly, that's the point I made. <laughs> it's just so frustrating to see a, uh, hey, uh, hey, uh, a, a 50-ton uh, dropship outrun a 100-pound missile. <laughs> Remember when the overdrive injectors were like oh the, F- the, militia, the Formula the One militia, tanks the militia <laughs> oh my god that oh, was I a fun couple find days of that, that, that was like the best bug ever you could cross my tank is a fritter. Dude, I, I remember putting one of those on a lab just to see how how, how far airborne I could get a lab. It was insane. Uh, you just find a little hill, get your your overdrive going, and whee! 
I seem to I, remember. I think that we we've suffered an unfortunate loss way back in in closed beta when the actual geometry elements of vehicles weren't quite as refined. I seem to remember seeing two tanks get stuck in one another and actually launching like a rocket. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you, you should remember from the closed beta if you flipped a tank on its back so the turret was on the ground, it would spin uncontrollably until it blew itself off from collision damage. So we'd flip that tanks and have yeah, we, we'd have like. Uh, uh, one of those things called the, the Beyblades, these spinning tanks trying to kill each other, bouncing off each other around the field. It was, oh it was pretty funny. We had lots of fun with the glitches in the in the beta. It's half the fun of any beta. The thing yes. with the overpowered overdrive injector is that I, I want to see this moment where somebody, um, uh, I want to see them just uh, do the whole, uh, you know, uh, die hard thing with the thing, you know? I want to see someone take out a dropship with a lab with <laughs> with a projectile lab. <laughs> you go, uh, what's it? Uh, die hard on it. That's what yeah. I said. Go die hard on it. Just, just nice. Ram it. Um, it looks like they're also adding a uh, buff to the base HP of shield vehicles. So the uh, specifically the 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 Gamaji and the Myron. Um, I don't know if you guys can comment, but are you are you going to be basically bringing up to the same base HP values as the armor, or still slightly below? I think there are reasons why they're going to be doing this, but they're not out yet, so when it comes out, it'll make sense why it's being done. Okay, that's that's fair. Um, okay, we're on to the other section here of the post. Uh, damage profiles. This is kind of a, a pretty big one. Uh, the projectiles, as people have known, have had a uh, an unfair... Uh, damage profile where they had a, a minus five percent to shields but a plus ten percent to armor so the the upside was was greater than the downside which you know it, it, it was sort of a big deal but it really was just bad game design to have an, an asymmetrical you know bonus like that so they're changing it to it looks like either uh minus 15 and plus 15 to shields and armor or minus 20 and or and plus 20 to, to shields and armor so uh a lot of people have been kind of been complaining about this but i, I think at the same time you know, we've been seeing the same thing with a scrambler rifle. It suffers from the same issue and having a, a more extreme damage profile opposed to the, the hybrid weapons. So what are you guys' thoughts on that? Uh, I, I did want to throw out the speculative. I, I think I mentioned this in some channel or another. Has anyone thought of, like, plus zero, plus zero, and let the additional proficiency bonuses apply uh, to both shields and armor uh I and think we talked about that later. I think that yeah, was us. And I mentioned that it would still bring up the same problem because if you had proficiency add to both sides, you wanted 2.5% per level, which would bring it up to 107.5, oh, 107.5, which comes back. 1.5, right? Because it would be... It would still it would be... be it would, the delta would still be positive. It'd be the same problem with the current one. No, okay. Well, yeah. Yes, it, it would be positive in the sense that there's some math to be done there because if if you start... If you, if you start, start at zero, zero and you have proficiency add to both sides, doesn't matter. You will have plus 100% damage on both sides, which gives it an overall buff of around 15% positive well, instead of it'd instead be of the uh, above minus 7.5 or whatever the number. Yeah, okay. We'll talk about that later because it's involved. Yeah, we will. I'm that, not that following it because I don't have paper. caffeine in my system, to be honest with you. So... In any case, yeah, I'm I'm interested. I always thought that I'd almost like to see it do the minus twenty plus twenty because explosives have never really been anything much more than a niche, unless they were overpowered. <laughs> in terms of that particular damage profile, of course, uh, locust grenades, 
uh, do missiles do explosive damage in their splash? Um, uh, yes. Yes. As I recall, yeah, that's that's why I mentioned overpowered because <laughs> speaking of dropships, anyway, moving on <laughs> and uh, let's see. Uh, mass drivers were okay for a little while and minus 20 and plus 20 kind of made sense, but otherwise there hasn't really been a a an armor shredder Flaylock, weapon. But yeah, Flaylock. Flaylock, yeah. <laughs> see, everything everything explosive was either overpowered or <laughs> or it was like Useless. complete non-entity. Yeah. Um, maybe that's a su- subject for another day, but minus 20 plus 20 is what I'd do with that rather than minus 15 plus 15 because that's the same as the hybrid rail, correct? Which is... No, no rail is 10. The rails 10. are 10. The rails are 10? Yes, sir. Yep. I didn't realize that. Oh, the h- hybrids are 10-10, both of them. Just one's going towards shields, one's going towards armor. Oh, okay. So they're they're 10s and the others are 20s. Nothing else is 15, however, correct? That's correct. Yep. Yep. Okay, my mistake. No, yeah, no, I, you... Sorry, continue. No, I mean, I, I guess I'd just like to see, uh, see that. Uh, I think I'd prefer minus 20 plus 20 still. I'd like to... I think that would make sense. It, it's a from a lore perspective as well. It's it's a regular bullet, you know, projectile. Um, Explosives you know, are projectiles, I think. They're giant the explosions that send shrapnel in all directions, so I could believe that. I'm also behind the minus 20 plus 20, and I think that the interesting thing behind this change is that it will affect the HMG. And if you think about it, it means that the Caldari Sentinel HMG sponge, I did some numbers crunching a, a short while ago, I think... With a boundless HMG, assuming 75% accuracy, the Kaldari Sentinel will only take 475 shield damage from a full second of boundless HMG. Um, I'm not sure how that will carry over into the main game, but I think it will it, it will make Kaldari Sentinels more common on the battlefield because they will be able to face HMG heavies much, much, much easier. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. I think that's actually one of the biggest benefits is making the Kaldari and the Mimitar to an extent uh, more viable in, in heavy versus heavy combat. I think that's going to make things really interesting. And I th- I, hopefully it'll make the uh, the SMG and the combat rifle less of the go-to weapon for all situations because if you're dealing with shield enemies, you're going to be really at a big disadvantage there. So it's going to be interesting how it plays out. I'm just glad that they're they're making it a bonus that's actually symmetrical and not not the asymmetry yep. we had before. So whatever the numbers end up being, I think it's it's definitely a needed change that I'm I'm really glad is happening. Um, moving on, the, the new player experience looks like all the frontline starter suits will have racial pistols. The snipers will have uh, SMGs and other mag sacks. Uh, Academy length increased. I'm not sure if it's based off of war points or SP. Um, in all new players will be injected with drop suit upgrade skills. So does that mean that they're starting players off with core skills pre-trained? Specifically, I think the, so. That's, ones? that's the goal. I think. So that kind of goes back to what we were talking about before, about how uh, are they really worth having? Because if we're just going to pre-train them for people... Well, they're not, gonna, they're not going to be maxed out on them. Oh, okay. no, they're not going to be maxed. But, but, but the idea of... being that if they already have those skill books trained and they already have some points in them, they're going to get the impression, hopefully, that those are important skills <laughs> they should train. Um, and it also removes some of the ISK cost to getting started and getting those skills because they'll already have them, which is um, important since uh, you see that uh, the starting ISK is being reduced massively to uh 25k from what was it before it was like like 250 10 times that yeah 250 okay 250 yeah so 
huge nerf to starting ISK, but they're going to give you a lot of those starting skills ahead of time. And the, really and, the other, and the other thing is, um, I've had a couple of people on the forums, the actual starting pool that you will get as a new player is currently being thought of as remaining the same. So the SP that's being spent on the injected skills shouldn't cost you anything. It's like a free freebie. Oh, that's, that's excellent. I'm fine with that. Newbies need all the help they can get. Yeah, exactly. So all that's, three of that's them. That's part of thinking. All three. Uh, all three. That's a different story. But uh, okay, I, I'm just joking. I'm just joking about you uh, know the, the a general. lot of new players. Or at least I've seen. There are a lot of new players. That genuinely Pop surprises me. But I... It's because we're all bitter and we want to think that the game is dying, but it's oh, yeah, actually doing quite well. It's so doing I'm, better. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to see it. Kind of as a sidebar, actually, on that. This is more of a Legion thing since UI updates are obviously not possible for Dust. But I think adding. Uh, a feature kind of like protofits.com has where you can actually mouse over in the fitting screen and it shows you this is what your base HP is, this is what your current HP is, and this shows you the breakdown of, of the skills modifying that in the, the modules and whatnot and actually shows you, hey, look, your skills are actually giving you something useful. Um, yeah. I think that would go a long way in helping players kind of see that their SP was actually worth spending um, you know, rather than just like, well, I got more HP, but I'm not really sure what that means exactly. So, you know, just a, a food for thought for, for Legion development there. Yeah, the Why points, not Legion? The Eve, Eve needs us too. <laughs> yeah. Eve needs a lot of things. Eve also yeah. needs a logout button that doesn't exit your client. <laughs> that, that's probably never going to happen, so. I know, that's why okay. I like to joke about it. Uh, I mean, what they what eventually I think is probably in the t if you look at what they talked about at FanFest this last year, they talked about kind of um, moving the launcher off to its own thing and moving the the identity confirmation, the login, the the authentication out to the launcher. So what you would see perhaps is less likely a log off button within the client, but that you would be able to launch e any of those characters um, directly from the launcher instead of having to go into uh, you know all the way back um but you know that's just theorizing on what they could potentially do when they they do the whole multi-game launcher thing so speaking of of three people the actual joke i wanted to make with three people is the three people who are making a bunch <laughs> a bunch of new characters and recycling them are all going to oh. like, like yeah, if you would, job now. yeah if you'd mail your tears somewhere if you're out there i mean i, I do collect for various reasons. <laughs> All right. Um, Nerfing the heck out of that behavior. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's I, you know, something I didn't ever really consider an issue it's, it's, in the past. It's, it's, but it's, a, it's a wonderfully like, nice side effect. I, it will at least, it's very, it makes it hard to interpret certain statistics like uh, cre character creation. For a long time, it has been difficult to say whether the number of characters created is precisely those made by incoming players minus alts or whether there's a lot of noise coming from people recreating yeah, characters yeah. and, and farming. It's fair, so it's fair to say after this hotfix you'll probably see a drop in quote unquote new characters but it won't really be new characters you're dropping right so it, it makes it we, we have an answer now and we can kind of stop having a discussion about what that statistic when you pull it off of a dust board means or dust search dust board Kriba confuses me. It's all okay. Kriba stuff. It's it's just from Kriba. Just say just from say Kriba. Yeah, it, just it from Kriba. That always confuses me because I think of a forum as a board. <laughs> and so I say, uh, anyway.
Okay, let's let's move on here. Um, it looks like the shield modules are getting a 15% or so reduction for energizers, regulators, and rechargers. Um, I think this is going to go reduction. a long way. CPU reduction, yes, sorry. Um, I think that that's going to really help because the Keldar suits do suffer pretty pretty badly from lack of CPU uh, just because the shield modules, particularly the regen ones, are are real nasty. Energizers the are the worst. I don't see a problem with regulators. Regulators at proto level are like 35 CPU. I don't really see it being that much lower. But the energizers, the rechargers, they're sitting up there like 90 and 70. So those things need to come down a little bit. Those are expensive to run. Especially considering they, they have a built-in downside of the reduced shield HP. I don't think that excessively high CPU cost is really necessary in comparison to like a, a yeah. recharger. Yeah, shield variant suits also don't have as many low slots to fit a CPU extender. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's it's a real problem, and I, I think it it might be a bit of a cleaner change to actually modify the cost of the modules rather than start messing with the the CPU of the suits themselves. So hopefully this will branch out into making the, the shield a little more viable, particularly in the the regen fits that that put those uh those energizers and rechargers on there. Yeah, I'm excited. That's actually what I'm running right now. So yeah, yeah, You're I think running a mid assault that runs shields. I love my little shield mid assault for sure. Uh, big one, nano injectors are going to heal the same number, the same percentage of shields as armor. So if you stick somebody with a, an 80% uh, injector, they're going to come back with 80% armor and 80% of their shields, which is going to be a real big deal, particularly for uh, shield heavies, I think, because they... Oh, yes. I mean, I think right now when you bring someone up, they will start recharging their shields, but they still start at zero, which yep. isn't really good if you're under fire or going to be soon under fire the biggest thing will be picking up as i said caldari sentinels because they're going to regen they, they're like if you're getting like 80 percent to shields and armor they're going to regen around 600 shields right there and be regening and then their shields can tank the damage long enough for the armor guy to start repairing their armor as well so he'll have more than enough time to find cover i'm yeah. glad they're buffing i i still think the intri i personally think the intrinsic problem with nanite injectors is that they take way too long to activate but that's yeah. just personal. You hear that little click, and I start looking at dead bodies trying to find the next target. It, yeah. Like, it, leaves, it leaves everybody in the equation vulnerable for like two and a half seconds, which is a lifetime in an FPS game. And it, it's good to see that they're adding the shields because at the very least, that, that means that <laughs> you have something that will regenerate now as, as part of your buffer when you stand up. But Proto level, we're, we're talking 80% at proto level, right? For anything except heavy suits, the vulnerability is usually not worth, on attack, especially on a tactical scale where you're considering, should I tell people in my team to carry these things, right? It, it, that vulnerability just makes it almost worthless. <laughs> Yeah, in, I mean, in my experience, so. I come from a game, uh, Mag. I don't know if any of you played it, but uh, in Mag we had a the med kit, which would basically spray out uh, blue Windex onto dead bodies, and they would literally pop up instantly with guns blazing. And it was it was so good that basically everyone carried uh, a med kit because you could pretty much one guy could revive an entire group that got wiped out. Now I don't think we should go to that extent where they instantly <laughs> yeah. pop up because it was it got pretty crazy. But I think maybe shortening that delay um, so that people are more encouraged to actually revive and be revived and carry injectors would probably go a long way. Because 
it, it's just like like you said, it, it's too dangerous in most cases to actually revive somebody. I think right. um, they could probably benefit from doing it battlefield style, which you don't get down, you don't kneel down or anything. You just have a little defibrillator, click, and you move on. You don't. It's it's not a very ceremonial function. It's okay. You need revived. Revive. Let's go. Not the whole ceremonial. Oh no! Pills pulls out nana injector, crouches over body, brings it up like he's doing some ceremony and stabs him in the chest. Just takes too long. <laughs> Although yeah. it does look pretty cool, I can hand them that. <laughs> and, and yes, Mag is my inspiration for the commentary as well, Pokey. It, you know that that was insane, uh, of course, the old med kits. But it, it did teach us that if you have that, e even in Mag, it was almost ineffective in some situations, <laughs> and that was with absolutely zero real vulnerability time frame. So. Yeah, no, it was. I don't want to go to that extent, but uh, yeah. If you make it quicker to pick up, you might have more people terminating clones. I would love to see that. I still habitually leave people out because of Mag. It's just a second agent to pop in the head again. Either mute your mic. All right. I move on from that. Unfortunately, I doubt that animation speed for injectors is a modifiable thing for dust but i would like to see a revive system that encourages it a little bit more in, in legion uh, despite some some contrasting opinions of people being revived but we'll save that for another day um it looks like they're adding a nova knife operation uh, opt sorry op optimization skill uh i'm guessing that's to reduce the the uh yes PG yes cost. yes yes we've been waiting for this forever the Mimitar scout is the most pg star suit in the universe and the knives are 8 pg it's insane. They need to be lower. They lowered it by one. I really love it, but we've been waiting for optimization for a long time. Yeah, I think that's that's definitely a good thing for the veterans that really get to the, the crazy knife suits. And by the way, you guys are assholes. You've been stabbing me in the back <laughs> all the time. Oh, Nova Knife became so much better recently. I've I've had they are so not many, OP. So many deaths to Nova Knives. No, they're fine. They're, they're fine. Just terrifying. <laughs> it's just yeah, oh, they're, they're scary. I've had oh. I've had people call me OP flavor of the month, and I should be ashamed of myself, even though I've been running the suit since one point one. I am not happy at people calling it OP. <laughs> well, well, that's true yeah. regardless, but uh, <laughs> despite despite that, yeah, it, it'd be nice if they're going to have knives in it in the game uh, of that kind of flavor, then then I, I'm glad that they're at least somewhat effective. I I personally am not a big fan of that kind of thing, but I have I, some I, fond memories of earlier earlier versions of Call of Duty where you could uh get a get a speed run fit going and uh you just run as fast as you can and keep mashing the knife button and you won't die and everyone else will that was fun oh it got bad mag for a while too we would joke we were running around with claymores because the range was so insane you could cleave people from like five meters away with with a single what? shot it was marathon pro <laughs> was the perk right because i yes. remember in mag we used to make that the joke because the knives were like that for a long time too and there was one patch where they were made particularly bad, and we we made marathon pro jokes. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it was it was insane. I mean, I, I almost stopped using guns completely because it was easier to run up and stab the guy in the face from five meters away than it was to actually shoot him. So <laughs> I don't think we've reached that level of ridiculousness. We have not, we have not reached that level yet. No, I no, will I, still I, die really quick if I'm right in front of you and you're facing me. However, yeah, if you yeah. have if you have your side to me or your back to me, you're as good as mine. Sorry. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I wouldn't say you guys are overpowered. I just I run for my life when I see the I hear that swish and I'm like, oh shit, <laughs> is that bad yeah. again? Once you start, once you can hear the swish, you're done. Props to the sound team. They made the sound of Novanas hitting the drop drop suit really scary. Like you can just hear it. Yeah, you can hear it just cutting through the metal, and then it's like, oh shit! <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm the, gone. The game so, sounds good noise. in general. Like that's that's one of the biggest accolades that I usually have for Dust, and it kind of goes unsung sometimes. I I feel I've always felt like when Dust starts and you have a good match, it sounds like a a future battlefield. <laughs> Someone like, told me um, a very interesting thing that I never tried. Put on your headphones and turn the volume like as high as you can get it without it hurting your ears. You sound like you're in a drop suit. You hear your guy panting and breathing. You hear oh, yeah. all the sounds. Yeah. It's done really well, believe it or yeah. not. Yeah, I've got a Triton Pro 5.1 for my headset. And yeah, you, it does really make a difference. The sound design on the game is uh, superb. And I'm, I'm with Liver here. Um, sound in games is so overlooked. And I think I think one of the things you'll you'll see at least in Legion once they can really ramp up the specs is uh, I I think you'll see that the art design in Dust is actually incredibly well done as well. It's just it, they've they've had just such an awful limitation uh, in in platform and capability there. No, yeah, they've certainly really been in- incredibly creative. Well, you can you can see it in, in the different designs usually. I, I love to use the scrambler rifle as an example. You know that thing just it looks like a golden alien like yeah it, like nuclear weapons are very I don't well even done. know it, it looks badass uh, but Look, looks like an evil space empire's weapon I Absolutely. love how they made the, all the Mimitar I have every Mimitar well, suit at least to evil, advance evil space empire so yeah but uh, I love the way they made the Mimitar look so rugged and thrown together I I love the way the suit looks I mean Duct it's just it, yeah Duct tape. It looks like it was rugged and thrown together, but still able to do its job. Um, Most so, of those look like they've been converted over from previous jobs, like a power loader or something. Yep, the Mimitar Heavy looks like it belongs in a con- <laughs> What did someone on the forum say once? Hey guys, look what I found over in the construction area! Well, I mean, a lot of the weapons even are, if you want to get into lore, were, were used for construction or uh, forge guns. mining operation. Yeah, forge guns were, were mining weapons, or mining tools, rather. So it's, it's really cool. I recently tried out the Mimitar Heavy, and I saw the little uh, it. armatures it has on the fingers. It was like, wow, that's actually really cool to see those little de- details in there. So yeah, I think some of the art design is just brilliant. I mean, one, one of the, the biggest things I always praised is, is the shotgun in that it doesn't look anything like a shotgun. It feels truly unique to the game. So that's yeah. always been a big thing I've, I've yeah. given them props for is making weapons that it's not just a, an assault rifle that we, you know, add some greebles to and gave a cool paint job and now it shoots lasers. It's actually like a unique weapon that actually fits the racial themes of the of the game and it really kind of helps especially for the lore junkies out there to kind of really dig into the design and it, it, it makes you appreciate you know the art a lot more so you know like you said i think that that's kind of one of the unsung things of the game that's really quite good that they haven't or that people don't recognize as much so you know props to the art team on that one so um then the, the last thing on the list we have not yet discussed is uh New officer light weapons and key missing faction warfare items in the LP store. So, are the officer weapons the ones from the recent event? Yes, they would be. I would think Excellent. so. Yeah, awesome. they are. And when you say key missing faction warfare items, does that mean all missing ones or just certain ones? The most necessary ones, I believe, is what's going to be added to the faction warfare stores. 
can I ask? Um, basically, will we be seeing all of the frames finally in the Faction Warfare for, uh, store? All of the frames and all of the weapon variants? Or is That'd that something be, you can't answer? That, that'll be something to ask for Patty about because I have no idea what he's planning to add in. Or okay. even okay. to, bro. And the, the, the Logic Bro is working on that. Yeah, the big thing to note is that uh, adding stuff to the store is, is, is not hard. It's just incredibly tedious. Um, because if you think about that, that's a that's a new variant basically for every single piece of gear that's not in the Facor store, and uh, so you know that's it's a big time constraint thing to do it. Um, I'm actually really glad that it it hopefully should make it in Delta. I mean, bear bear in mind that nothing nothing that's in the Delta narrative is guaranteed to be in Delta. Um, this is all what they would like to get done in this patch. Um, but I, I definitely think it's a really big deal between getting the LP back buffed up to closer to where it should be uh, from the the previous hotfix, and then um, hopefully getting people enough uh, options to actually build full suits out of the LP store as well. It's going to be huge. So you you can't comment on what they're adding in this or hoping to add in this patch for the the faction warfare store but uh is the intention to eventually have every item be available uh via fact war i would hope so but you can't comment okay well that's 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 i mean i know you guys don't know everything so i mean that that's definitely a good question if ratati's listening i I would love to see a list of what you're adding i i'm always a little sad when i can't buy my my commando suits from the the LP store. I'd love to see that soon. Yeah. So yeah, that's definitely that's definitely going to be Logi Bro. And if if you definitely let him know, um, if there especially if there's a particular thing you absolutely need to have, um, because you know he he may be able to factor that feedback in. Pharaoh scales and reactives. <laughs> I, I'd actually probably prefer to see the suits first over over modules and weapons, but uh, I would agree. But I still opinion. want I still want Pharaoh scales and reactives. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, guys, so is there uh, anything else you guys want to handle? That's everything that Retai's got on his list here. Anything else you want to mention for, for Delta or hopefuls for Delta? Anything you guys would like to see? My super, super crazy idea that's not public yet. Oh, yeah. Super, super oh, I, I crazy want idea. Too, dude. That just sounds Is awesome. it the drop-up link one? Yeah. So is, is that, like, is that Can we talk about then? it? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. So it, that's probably not. <laughs> yeah, well, let's, let's let's not. I don't want to get into yeah. trouble here. But if if it is what I think it is, that sounds really interesting. So, you know, I'm 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 glad I, I had some some talk with people about that. And I think that's a good idea. But hopefully, we can get the go ahead and and talk about it because I think uh, I think a lot of people would probably find that really interesting, and I think that'll add a lot to the game. So, if we can get that in, that'd be sweet. And well, I'm pretty sure the reason why we don't yeah. we don't want to talk about it yet is because it may it allude to people to promising something and it may find out we can't do it. And, yeah, and yeah, yeah. It's also just at this point um, the sort of thing the CPM's like, hey, could we do this? And I don't even think uh, like uh, it's not even something that's on CCP's radar. It's, really it's completely wild side. It's just you know CPM members uh, coming up with things and and talking having about having too much tea. I never have too much tea. I don't like tea. I've tried it. I've tried several varieties of it. Um, as as a diehard Trekkie, I had to try Earl Grey. Um, I, I didn't like that. Um, I've tried various fruit fruit ish tea. English breakfast. I didn't Irish like breakfast. Either. You're welcome. I just I just tea. I just don't like it. I don't know um, why. Hey, we built, we we built an empire on it. 
and we dumped it off the side of the ship, okay? Um, We're not going there. This just makes me think of that, uh, what was it, some tweet by the... Uh, was it the English embassy here in the that States? That was hilarious. That was hilarious. That was amazing. That was the best cake ever. I'm trying to remember what that was because I think I heard about it, but now I it was a, it was a it was a cake in the shape of the White House, and they had the UK and the American flag behind it with some sparklers, and they just said celebrating the 200th anniversary of the burning of the White House. We oh, promise it's just oh sparklers this time. I remember that. Just... that. That was there. <laughs> that was that was hilarious. <laughs> All right, I can't guys. think of anything to add about Delta. I think we hit everything I wanted to. I'm still waiting for the Flaylock rifle, but I don't think I'll ever get it. We could try for Legion. <laughs> Please make Please this do. reality. The Flaylock HMG? Is that what you were saying? Oh, screw that. Not where I wanted to go, but <laughs> I, I will accept that as well. The Flaylock Burst HMG. I want the precision rifle from that uh, from that desktop picture. That precision posted. rifle looks really nice. Like if they make it, like a DMR from Battlefield, I'd be so happy. Give it I, 150 meter range, 100 damage a bullet, 10 round clip. I'm sold. I just have to say though, they sh- they sh- they put a you know they got a preci- it looks like the Minmatar precision rifle and then it is it, it, it is says, the pre- it, it says, is the Minmatar. It says Dust 514 on it, and I'm like you should just gone ahead I checked the, 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 the Legion logo on that. I checked. The site also still still says that it supports forty eight players per match. <laughs> so I mean, <laughs> you, gotta hit gotta hit up marking on uh, to make to update that. Yeah, if you guys have a contact for that, like it would actually just please me personally so to see that fixed. We've mentioned it. Yeah, that wallpaper I felt was kind of trolly in a lot of ways. Like, hey, look at this cool rifle you'll never get in this game. Oh, hey, look, like, drones. Uh, oh yeah, that one trailer with the drones. I'm like, oh yes, we'll have that soon. Yeah, no, you, no, you won't. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, I, no I, a, I, a different a different era, a different I, era of management in the game. I was trying yeah. to troll CCP a little bit. I don't think any. I don't know if any of them noticed, but uh, in my uh, you know we had a, a video conference meeting, and I had uh, I have my big TV actually shows up in the background of my webcam, and I actually had like the. Um, picture from FanFest. It's like a concept oh, art my for, God. A, for a Calgary yeah, yeah, fighter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't, uh, don't worry. Don't worry about that, Soraya. They did notice. Oh, okay. Good. <laughs> I noticed, at least. <laughs> I, I no, no seriously, they did notice. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so an ominous. We, we had some I troll a little bit. A little bit? <laughs> You're going to make people hate the CPM if you keep trolling. You should do that in an alt with a different That was PSN. kind of above and beyond, Sora. Was it really? <laughs> it, it, it's not as good of a troll as the uh, if they decide to go with the Atlee's uh, Focus Laser Rifle, which I, I hope well, happens. With the no. Laser Focus Laser Rifle? Well, yes. Bear, bear in mind, he announced on, uh, on Twitter. I was I devastated. Was... Uh, I'm, I'm sad to see him go. I Yeah, he, he's one of the small cohort of CCPers who were who have been on this project as as long as most of the people in this room. <laughs> so longer. Remember, I've only been here since one point one. I, I said no. <laughs> yeah, I actually hung out with him in, in E Vegas. He's a real cool guy, so it's sad to see him go. But yeah, he's a he's a serious party animal as well. My God, is he a party animal? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, it was he Vegas. Did, I will comment on that. <laughs> he did a very good job keeping it together after all what happened in Uprising. <laughs> Oh yeah, amazing job, amazing job. Huge props to Adley if he's hearing this. All right, guys. So uh, we had some good discussion today. We 
touched on the core skills and if they should be in the game and whatnot. And uh, I think some of the, the Delta hotfixes kind of touched on that a bit as well with with training uh, some some of those essential skills for new players right off the bat. So that's that's cool. Uh, and then we went over uh, CPM updates, just kind of what they're working on as, as much as they can talk about, and then really dove into what we have for, for Delta, or hopefully we'll see for Delta what, what CC is really seriously looking at for the updates. So, you know, a lot of good discussion. Uh, we're over at the, the 90 minute mark here, so we should probably start wrapping it up here. Uh, so uh, any closing shout outs? We'll start at the top of the list and work our way down. So Ghost? Uh, once again, shout out to my core. Love you guys. You guys are great. Um, shout out to the barbershop, which I believe I mentioned last time. Anyone who's looking for scout tips, the barbershops in the locker room and the forums, we kind of just talk about scout things. And apart from that, I really don't have too much else. All right, cool. Uh, Iron Wolf? I'd like to give a shout out to CCP Retidy and uh, CCP Logic Bro for all the hard work they've been doing. I'd also like to give a shout out to the barbershop for uh, not stabbing me in the back too bad. <laughs> Awesome. Alright, uh, Denny? I think we lost Denny. No, no, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. I was here. Uh, uh, yeah, a big shout out to uh, anyone that's in Dust University. Thanks for joining. Uh, and also to, I think, actually, one thing I would like to say is uh, big props to Logi Bro. He doesn't get as much credit as I think he should uh, in terms of um, the hotfixes. So, um, and, you know, it's, it's a collaborative effect. Um, effort between the CPM and CCP, but Logi Bros made it as so much more of a painless experience. Yeah, I think Rattati gets a lot of props, as That's he should, but people okay. also kind of, well, I think Logi Bros tends to fall into uh, Rattati's shadow, but he's definitely doing good work out there, and you can definitely see his influence if you look closely, so definitely props to him. Uh, Lether? Yeah, so uh, I'll give the same shout-outs as I did last week. Shout-out to my court wall mob and the Alliance. It's General Sal's. And uh, if you have Twitter and like following people on there, I'm at twitter.com slash leader. Why? All right. Sounds good. Uh, you know, shout out to my corp, OSG Planetary Operations. I know we're, uh, we're all anticipating the, uh, the drop of uh, Destiny next week to get together and, and have some fun with it. We had some good uh, stuff in Dust recently as well. So lots of fun to those guys. And then shout out to uh, Rattati and Laji Bro and the whole dev team. Uh, Delta's looking pretty awesome. Some real good stuff in there that's been much needed. I think it's gonna really help the game a lot. So, you know, thanks guys. You know, your your work is definitely appreciated very much by the community. I think you have to be blind to not see that the people are really appreciative of what you're doing. Aside from some people that are getting nerfed and not so happy with it, but overall, I think it's it's been very well received. So I'm glad to see you doing good work. And uh, so. Yeah, I'm going to dedicate my shout-outs to um, uh, CCP Praetorian, a.k.a. Atley, and uh, also uh, David Reed, uh, CCP Pokethulu, um, the, the latter of which is uh, not quite out the door yet, but uh, you know, both of them are... Uh, Sadly, going to be former former devs in in short order. And uh, as much as as much as we we joke about Atley, um, you know, Atley's cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna miss both have, having both of them as uh, you know part of this whole crazy New Eden thing. So yeah, it's it, it's again really sad to see Atley go. He was a pretty cool guy. The the short time that I talked to him, while I was in Vegas, but uh, you know, it's 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 always a shame to see people leave a company, especially when they've been working on a product that you know we we all. Love to hate like dust. So, you know, I'm I'm, I'm glad to see that. So, uh, well, on the plus on the plus side, he's working on a, a new project that he's kind of looking forward to telling everyone about. So, 
Excellent. Really good. To, I'm looking forward to see that because, you know, despite dust issues, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's got a lot of good stuff in there and he definitely was involved with that. So, you know, I'll, I'll be, I'll be glad to see what, what he does in his future career as, as well. So, you know, best of luck to, yeah. to uh, Atley in, in moving forward. So uh, I think that's it, guys. You know, thanks for tuning in. Um, hopefully we'll get the streaming going. We've had some miscommunications lately, and, and my lack of technical expertise has caused some issues. So hopefully we'll be streaming again next week. So uh, if you're listening to this, you're, you're obviously getting us on iTunes or off the website or on uh, YouTube. So, uh, you know, thanks for tuning in. You know, you're, you guys are the reason we keep uh, making these, and it's a lot of fun. So... Keep at it, and we hope to hear, hear from you next week. So uh, this is Pokey Draven and the Biomass Crew signing off.